Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for your favorite morning podcast. It is The Morning Five for Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. And it is brought to you by the Perry and Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Perry and Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. It is National Chocolate Ice Cream Day, Bryce. Hey, there you go. I'm okay with chocolate ice cream. Yeah, I'm not a... I think everybody knows I'm not a huge fan, huge fan of chocolate, not a huge fan of ice cream. Uh, I'll have a little scoop, maybe at someone's birthday party or something like that. Just a small little dabble, but not something I'm going to go out of my way to get. Uh, if, if I have to do ice cream, not a huge ice cream guy, but if I do have to do ice cream, peach is my favorite. That is my flavor of choice. I do love peach ice cream, uh, and I'm okay with like, um, what's like chocolate chip mint. Mint chocolate chip, I'm okay with yeah. that. Yeah, chocolate, you know, I just not a not a huge fan of that. Kids are so, they like the Neapolitan where you just get all three all three flavors in one scoop. Have you? And I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I should know the answer to this because I I know how you are. Have you tried our friends over at the Butter Daughter? No, no. It's My, uh, pretty incredible, dude. Like. I know, I know you, you're okay with, um, I, I know you like some banana pudding. I do. I do enjoy banana pudding. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. They have, they have banana pudding ice cream and it is absolutely bomb. Like, My wife and kids love butter dutters. So good, man. I've, you, you we've, we've taken them there to eating it. Um, I've gotten them ice cream, but I've never got it. And there's a, there's a sweet treats place in the downtown Villarica, um, I don't remember what that's called. Any, it might, come, might, be, might be called Sweet Treats, actually. I don't know. It's in downtown Villarica, though. Uh, and we take them by there every now and then and get, like, they, they do, like, cakes and stuff and, like, milkshakes and all that. And we get them, we get them some of that. And I don't know. I'm just not a, not a huge sweet guy. Just, I don't know. Not a, I, I can eat one bite. You know, my, do, do they do milkshakes? Does Butter Utter do milkshakes? Yeah. Now, see, I like milkshakes, oddly enough. Not a huge ice cream guy, but I do enjoy a milkshake every now and then. I I don't know why. It's the same thing as a as ice cream. It's just in a liquid form more. I don't know. I'm weird. But yeah, you, you are. You all know There's that. There's no argument here. <laughs> all right. Uh, Braves are starting off a two-game series with the Athletics tonight. The uh, the A's are the second-worst team in, base, in the American League. So, and if you go by attendance, they're the worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, them in, in Miami. But I, dude, I, I'd like to see. I don't know what Miami's attendance numbers are, but it's honestly, I feel bad for the A's players. Every time I see a picture of their stadium when they're playing, like, I mean, there's less than four thousand people at most of their home games. I, I, I really feel bad for those players. Yeah, that's insane, that sucks, isn't man. it? Yeah, it's a, it's a major league baseball fan. There, there, there's a whole bunch of backstory of of why it's not supported and everything like that. So we won't get into that. But it, it just, I, I hate it for the players, man. You're in the MLB and. You honestly, depending on where you played your AAA ball, you might have less players in the stands, or you might have less fans in the stands playing with the athletics than you do at some of these AAA ballparks. 
Well, we, we mentioned we were going to look into the over-under numbers that we gave at the beginning of the season. And uh, let's let's just look back on it real quick. Uh, you gave the number 13.5 for Max Freed wins. You and I both said under. But I think, look, listening back on it, you said just barely under. Like you yeah, were going to go 13. 13. Yep. I think. Are you changing your mind? Uh, no, I'm still going to go 13. I think the thing with a lot of these numbers, especially the Max Free, Charlie Morton, and Kenley Jensen, uh, they at some point these guys are going to get nicked up, right? It just happens. It happens with pitchers. You, it's it, it's rare when your pitchers go the entire season and don't miss a few starts. So where the number sits right now, the projected wins, is not far off of where both of I, or both of us thought Max was going to be. So I'm going to stick with my original number because I, I think Max will miss a few starts here and there, just fatigue, nicked up, whatever it is, uh, bumps and bruises. I'm still going to stick with 13. Yeah, I think I'm not going to change my number. Um, or I'd love to see it over. Prediction. I'd love to see yeah, it over. And I, I think he can do it if he stays healthy because he's pitching great right now. He's at he's at what seven wins right now? I think. Sure. I believe he's at sounds seven good wins. to me. We're gonna go with seven then. Seven wins he is. Um. So he's halfway. You know. Let's just he's halfway let's there. Just hope he can he can do it. he can continue. And he's living right. on a prayer. <laughs> Charlie Morton, uh, eleven and a half wins. Um, I said over, and Bryce said under. He is sitting at four wins currently. And, and Mac, Max Freed is projected 15 wins right now. We're 33% of the way through the season. So he's projected to go over that. And, yeah, Charlie Morton, okay. I said I said under. You said over. I said just under at 11. You said over. Billy, right now you are the leader in the clubhouse because he's projected 12 wins right now if you extrapolate the wins out through an entire season. Well, let's hope he can continue to do well. He's he's been pitching better as of late, so he's been he's maybe, been fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's been fine. Only one quality start, uh, but yeah, that's kind of skewed because his starts this is his starts haven't been great, but they most of them haven't been terrible recently. So you know maybe he's one of those, and I still haven't done it. I still haven't gone through. Uh, his, his game logs for over the seasons to see if he is a traditionally slow starter. But, you know, if, if he can be that third guy or, you know, hell, maybe even fourth guy on the rotation, I, hey, I'll take that, man. He's definitely behind Freed, might be behind Ian Anderson, and uh, we'll see what happens with Spencer Strider. But there's no reason to fret right now with Charlie Morton. And who's the, who's the kid we're getting back from injury? Why am I blanking? Mike who's Soroka. Our star- Mike Soroka. My God, what? I need another. Can we go ahead and go to another S- cup of coffee? Uh, Dear Lord, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, no reason to worry about Charlie Morton at the moment. All right. uh, Kenley Jansen, you set the number at 22 and a half. Uh, That was laughable. We both hammered the over. He's currently at 14 saves. And looks to get 42. His number right now is 42 saves. So that was a laughable number, man. I don't know. I don't know why they set it that low. The only thing I could think of was they thought maybe Will Smith was going to get some saves or Jensen was going to get injured. I don't know. That 22 and a half, that was the easiest over I think I've taken on this entire list. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Strider starts three and a half. He's sitting at two, and I went under. Uh, you, you said <laughs> over. Yeah, I think that one's going to be wrong for me. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to get his uh, his over here in the next couple of weeks. 
good dude. He's bright future. Bright, bright future. He looks to have – right now he's projected six starts, just extrapolated over the rest of the season. He'll probably get closer to ten, I would assume. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be Maybe more. The, I think he's going to be the five moving forward until we get to the Soroka. Uh, Ozzy's stolen bases. So at 15 and a half, we both hammered the over. Um, he's at three right now, I believe. Yep. Yeah, he's at three. Uh, and so that sets him at nine stolen bases overall for the season. Obviously, that is that is quite a bit under where we thought he was going to be. But the offense has sort of just started getting going. So this might be one of those things where you see stolen bases and offensive production in bunches. Speaking of offensive production, Matt Olson home runs set the number at 33 and a half. We both said over. Yeesh. He's at seven currently. Yeah. So... He's projected right now to hit 21 home runs this year, so quite a bit under. Matt's going to get it going, though. He's going to get a hot streak. Like, like I just said, the offense has just sort of started picking up, so I think Olsen's going to have, like, maybe the, maybe the month of, of June or the month of July is going to be his month where he just yaks a bunch of home runs, I hope. Fingers crossed. Well, we were – I think I saw a tweet from Carlos Medina on um, Sunday after the Braves game. That basically said, guys, the offense's training wheels are coming off. Pay attention to this. You know, because the entire time in Colorado, it, it wasn't stopping, and it was looking good. Um, Riley, RBIs, 89.5. We both hammered the over. He's projected for 93 currently. Um, and he's sitting at 31 at the moment. Yeah. I, I think he's going to go over. I think he's. Oh, yeah. I said this. I th- believe I said he was going to be between ninety-five and ninety-eight. Uh, I'm going to stick with that, dude. Riley is. I think Riley at the end of the season is going to be our best offensive player on this roster. Ronald Acuna RBI sixty-five and a half. I said over. You said over. Uh, he's projected at thirty-nine, which he's got twenty-three currently. Right? He's got thirteen. He's got thirteen RBIs. Mm, okay. Yeah, he has, that. No, he has 13 RBIs at the moment, projected 39 over the rest of the season. Uh, I don't know. I think he's going to be a full-time participant now on the roster. They've brought him along slowly. So, you know, that's 65 and a half. It's kind of a hard number to project because we didn't know how much time he was going to miss. But it looks like he is going to come in under that just because of the amount of time he's been playing. Did you <laughs> – I posted sent a tweet to you yesterday – his offense or what he did over yes. the last seven games was yes. just ridiculous. <laughs> just raking, dude. Just absolutely raking. That was in that in the Colorado series, man. Every time I flipped on and he was hitting, always on base, always on base, always on base. And my God, I gotta I gotta interrupt this podcast real quick. Uh, friend of the podcast, Corey Nix, just posted a picture on Facebook of this some type of like Mexican corn dip with Fritos in the background, and it looks absolutely fantastic. I want to eat this right now. It's 6.14 in the morning. I want to eat this for breakfast. That looks fantastic. It looks so good. <laughs> Braves wins projected 89.5. I said under. You said over. They're projected at 84. I'm I'm still sticking with uh, with over. I, I think over is still, still where we're going to go. That's pretty close. It's only five wins away from what the line was. The projection is 84. Line was 89.5. I still think we're going to go over. I still think we are going to be in the 90s and we're going to win the division. I still have faith in this team. 
All right, let's uh, finish up the the NFC West uh, previews that we started yesterday, and let's hit the San Francisco 49ers. Bryce, who's going to be the quarterback? Yeah, I have no idea. Not a single clue. I assume it's going to be Trey Lance. Uh, Jimmy G has been excused from minicamp to keep rehabbing the shoulder thing that he's got going on. Um, I mean, I guess they're going to try to trade Jimmy G. Uh, whoever's at quarterback is going to have plenty of weapons. They're going to have Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle to throw to. And neither one of the quarterbacks are bad. Jimmy G is a good quarterback. Trey Lance, we believe, is going to be a good quarterback. Uh, so this team is going to have a, I don't want to say a, a, a top-tier quarterback, but they're going to have a good quarterback uh, running that team. And the 49ers, I mean, that's a solid group. No matter who's that quarterback, it's going to be a solid team. They have the 13th hardest schedule with a projected win total of 9.8. Uh, and they are ninth in the two early power rankings of the offseason. So if they could trade Jimmy G, I don't know what the market is out there for him. I would assume the Panthers are looking for a quarterback. I don't know what Jimmy G's market number is. I'm assuming his contract is cheaper than Baker's because I know Carolina was in on the Baker trade. Jimmy G is a step down from Baker in my opinion, but I don't know what his numbers are as far as contract goes. If the 49ers could offload Jimmy G and get something back to add to Trey Lance and Debo Samuels on offense and uh, maybe help out Nick Boza on defense, it'd, it'd be good for the San Francisco 49ers because that roster is really good. I have them sitting at a 10-7 and 7, uh, record this year after, all, after it's all said and done. So I think that's about where they're where they're going to be about ten and seven this year. They they can compete. They can be a little bit better than that, but I think that is a conservative uh, estimate for what their season is going to look like. All right. Well, how about Seattle? You're talking about a new t- a team that no longer has their quarterback that they've had for years and years and years. What's life going to look like without Russ? Oh, uh, well, it's, you know, it's bright, Billy. It is bright. Let me read off some of these names they have competing for quarterback. Geno Smith. Ooh. Oh, 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 oh. Drew Locke. Jacob Eason. Ooh. Hey, uh, don't, hit on the do- don't hit on the dog. Five. He's not a dog. He's, a, he's from Washington. Uh, so, a former five-star quarterback. So, the, the, the future doesn't look too bright for the Seattle why did I almost say the Supersonics? The Seattle Seahawks uh, at quarterback. Geno Smith is fine. Drew Locke is fine. Jacob Eason is fine. Whatever. I mean, it's uh, they're not they're not going to compete this year. I don't think. You uh, do know Jacob Eason went to Georgia, right? Yeah, but then he transferred to Washington, right? Yeah. Yeah, you transfer out, buddy. You're 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 somewhere else. Especially to Washington, you can't compete with Georgia. Are they going to claim JT Daniels? I don't know. They they claim uh, they claim uh, Justin Fields. Well, I don't blame them for that. They they developed him, I guess. Uh, despite no rust, though, this offense is still going to have firepower. So all those quarterbacks are going to have to do is get it in the hands of their playmakers. Rashad Penny, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf will be the prime targets for whoever plays quarterback. I you there's no way Geno Smith. It has to be Drew Locke, right? It can't be Geno Smith, and it can't be Jacob Eason. I think yeah. Drew Locke's going to win this win this battle, I would assume. Uh, the Seattle defense will, again, be the biggest weapon on the team. An expected 3-4 front will control the field and the line of scrimmage for Seattle. Jamal Adams and Quadron Diggs will be the leaders of the defense as the safety blanket for uh, Seattle from the safety positions. 
The Seahawks have the 22nd hardest schedule in the NFL, and they are 27th in the offseason power rankings. I believe that is aptly placed. I don't believe they're going to be a strong team. Uh, I have them going 5-12. and 12. It is going to be a rebuilding year. Despite the offensive firepower they have outside of the quarterback and the fact that their defense is a retooled uh, defense of, of old that you remember the Seahawks being legendary for, it's not as good as those defenses they had when, um, when Bobby Wagner and all those players were out there. But it's going to be a very strong defense. I, I just I don't see them being able to get even close to double-digit wins this year, especially in the division they're in. I'm going to take them at 5-12. and 12. I believe their projected win total is somewhere around 7, uh, so I'm going to take the under there. I'd give them 5-12 and 12 this year. Okay. Let's get to the Marine South scoreboard. Last night in the NHL, the Avs swept the Oilers right out of Edmonton 6-5 to five in overtime. Not yeah, surprised. A now little now bit Colorado of a... gets to sit and wait on whoever wins this East, Eastern Conference a little bit of a controversial goal too there to I don't I don't remember if that was the winner or just a late goal but uh, puck was up in the air kind of high I don't remember who scored it but he brought a stick up quite quite high to knock the puck down scored the goal uh, it didn't look like it was above the the crossbar of the goal for but uh, it was high they did review it and they allowed the goal and I know a lot of people were upset about that but it looked fine to me from my untrained hockey eye. Looked all right for me. Uh, the Avs, yeah, the Avs sweep no more Connor McDavid. The great one is swept out of the playoffs. No. Mm-mm. What? No, 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 no. What? Mm-mm. What? No, you you can't do that. No. That's his, no. that's that's what I heard his new nickname is. No. That's no, what I heard no, his nickname no, no. is. No, no, Bryce. He's no. going to change his number to nines, too. Moving on. Uh, game to events tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> uh, the Lightning are facing the Rangers tonight in Tampa Bay um, at 8 p.m. Rangers lead that series two games to one. Let's go Bolts. Bryce, you need another cup of coffee? Dude, I need another cup of coffee. I couldn't think of Mike Soroka's name, so yeah, I believe that indicates that I need uh, another cup of coffee. Yes. Longtime NFL head coach, well, coach and head coach, Romeo Cornell, announces his retirement from the NFL. He's been coaching in the NFL for 50 years. Jesus Christ, that is absurd, 50 dude. 50 years, man. Was he was he coaching last year? I don't I don't remember. Let's see. No. Uh, yeah, he was. No, he was a last... senior. Oh, yeah, no. He was, yeah. yeah, he wasn't. Yeah. He was, the last time he coached, he ended up being the... Um, he uh, was the interim, interim head, head coach. coach. Yeah, he was a senior advisor for football performance last year with the Houston. He's been with the Houston Texans since 2014. Uh, God help that man. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> boy. That is that's a tumultuous run right there, man. From getting Deshaun Watson to losing Deshaun Watson. That's a. But yeah, dude. These yeah started as a coach in 1970, coaching the defensive line for Western Kentucky. He coached at Georgia Tech. Yeah. His D-line coach for Georgia Tech. Man, that guy has been with just about every single team in the NFL. Wow. Storied, storied guy. Great coach. But uh, you kind of put in your dues when you've been coaching that long. Uh, Phil. Big Phil. Yeah, old lefty. He'll play on the live tour. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm signed up now. we got Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson along with 
probably 30 other people who don't matter whatsoever. Uh, if Dustin Johnson, what was Dustin Johnson's number? 125 million? Dude, I, I don't know any of the numbers, to be honest. So I believe Dustin Johnson's number for the Live Tour was 125. I would love to see, I don't know if they'll ever ever release it, but I would love to see what they gave Phil, because you know what they gave Phil has to be at least double what they gave Dustin Johnson, I would think. That's and fair. I And I don't have numbers yet, but you know the Live Tour did approach Tiger Woods? No, did they really? They approached Tiger Woods. And from what I can see from the rumors going around, it was nine figures, and it was very, very, very high nine figures. The okay. rumors the rumors that I have seen is it was close to ten figures. Jesus. He turned him down, obviously, good for Tiger. Uh, but yeah. It was a it was very very high nine figures apparently close to ten figures, so if that's what they offered, Tiger, Phil is not Tiger. Do not get do not get my words minced up. Phil is not Tiger, but Dustin Johnson is also not Phil. So I'll be interested to see if Phil's number comes out and where it is. I'm gonna say it's somewhere, somewhere around the two hundred million dollar mark. I'm gonna set that. I'm gonna set that's kind of where Phil's at. Okay. Yep. Aaron Donald signed a three-year, $95 million contract extension with the Rams. We were talk- There was talk about him being, you know, maybe being retired after this year. He ain't retired now. No. no Hi- highest, paid, uh, highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL. Three-year, $95 million. Good for him, dude. Go get that money. You deserved it. You earned it. You are an absolute monster and a beast. Uh, you've earned every penny of that with the work you've put in. Congratulations, Aaron Donald. Your kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids are set up for life. Uh, the College Football Hall of Fame ballots were announced yesterday. Uh, Boo. Who, who's going to be on them? <laughs> You're booing already. Boo. <laughs> uh, there are three names on here that are Georgia-related. Uh, Garrison Hurst, the former Georgia running back, uh, 1992 unanimous first-team All-American and winner of the Doak Walker Award. He finished third in 92 Heisman voting after leading the uh, nation in scoring. He was also the 1992 SEC Player of the Year, finished career trailing only Herschel Walker in career rushing yards at Georgia. Paul Johnson, who I think is a lock uh, to be in this College Football Hall of Fame, Led Georgia Southern to two national championships and five SOCON titles, losing only 10 games during uh, the tenure. Led Navy to five straight Commander Chief trophies, boasting an 11-1 record versus Air Force and Army. Three-time ACC Coach of the Year at Georgia Tech, posting three ACC title game and nine bowl appearances, including two BCS berths. And then finally, Mark Richt, uh, the former Georgia coach, ranks first all-time at Georgia with a 74% career winning percentage, ranking second only to Hall of Famer Vince Dooley in wins. Led the Bulldogs to five SEC title games, winning in 20, or 2002 and 2005, 15 straight bowl games, eight top 10 national rankings, a 2017 Walter Camp Coach of the Year after leading the Canes to the first division title since joining the ACC. Bryce, I'm about to say something incredibly controversial. Let's do it. 
I don't think Mark Rick gets the. Everybody gets in because the Hall of Fame for everything but the MLB is just a participation award. I don't think it is. I don't know. No, I I honestly don't think Mark Rick gets in. Honestly. I don't even know who's in, I don't even know who's in the hall the college football hall of fame. I've been to it a ton of times. It's a fantastic experience. I have no clue who's in it. Not a single clue. I know Tim Tebow and James Laurinaitis are on the ballot this year. I don't know. Mark Rick was a good coach. I, hell, I don't know. Is he a hall of fame coach? I don't know because I don't know who else is in the college football hall of fame. It's hard to say. If this was the MLB hall of fame, no, he's not. If this is the college football hall of fame, though. Every single Hall of Fame outside of the MLB Hall of Fame literally does not matter. They are participation awards. It doesn't mean you are great. It means you are above average, essentially, for every Hall of Fame outside of the MLB. I hate Hall of Fames outside of the MLB. I love the exclusivity that the MLB Hall of Fame still has. Please keep that up. You're the only Hall of Fame that matters. College Football Hall of Fame, fantastic experience in Atlanta. If you've never been, go, because it is great, and all of the... All of the things they have, uh, they change. All, they change quite often. They have a ton of rotating uh, uh, displays and everything they do. So, who's in it? I don't know. I don't really care. But it's a fun experience. Cool going. The fan experience is great. All right. Today in 1989, the first baseball game to start outdoor and end indoor as Toronto Blue Jays Stadium closes the roof during the game at 8.48 and then beat the Brewers 4-2. to two. Hey, Marlins. Hey, Marlins. You see how the Toronto Blue Jays closed the roof before the rain started? <laughs> you see how that happens? You see how that works there? It's like how you roll the window up in your car before you go into a car wash or before the rain starts. You do it beforehand so you don't have to suspend the game for weather, you morons. I still don't understand how that happened. <laughs> I don't either, man. That was one of the greatest things. The Marlins are just a train wreck of a franchise. And that is the icing on the cake. They do have two World Series titles, though, so I can't take that away from them. So do we. Uh, today in 2010, MLB draft, Southern Nevada outfielder Bruce. Oh, um, Bruce Hooper. Hooper. First Brucey. pick by the, National, the uh, Washington Nationals. Hey, I hate the guy because he plays for the opposing team and he plays baseball the right way. If he was a brave, I'd love him. Uh, you know, I- I'm going to say this once, and I'll, you'll never hear me say it again. I love the way Bryce Harper plays the game. Uh, I love his enthusiasm. I love his passion. I think he's a great role model for these kids. Uh, you see a lot of these guys jog down the first baseline. Bryce Harper doesn't jog very often. Bryce Harper is full out 100%, 100% of the time. And he plays the villain role great. Good for him, man. Eat it up. You know, love it. He is one of the highest paid baseball players because he's one of the best baseball players and he's a he's a great role model for kids i hate him because he doesn't play for my team if he was a brave i would eat it up and i absolutely absolutely love him he plays the game the right way plays it hard um and that's that's the only that's the only bruce hooper praise you'll ever hear on this podcast matt skinner hates him because he swiped the a in the dirt matt matt skinner's matt skinner's opinion does not matter anymore on baseball he hates freddie Freddie freeman and i cannot get behind that train (laughs) all right bryce you got anything else no i'm good man all right that's it for our tuesday edition of the morning five for bryce sparling i am billy lindahl have a great day everybody we will talk to you all tomorrow same time same place shake your neighbors just shake them shake your neighbors